Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. Well, we're glad you're here with us tonight. Wouldn't be as good without any of you here, I know. I mean, it would be awesome with God still, but it's so great you're here. And um, man, uh, God has really been doing something powerful this weekend, and every night has been totally different, which is just a testament to the goodness of God and the reality that he's never wanting us to live off of the things he did yesterday. He's actually calling us to continue to walk toward the new things that he has set out and planned for us. And so tonight, um, I just want to spend a few minutes um, talking about what I believe God's call to us in this time and in this season is. And I believe that God is calling his church and he's calling you and I, who are the church, I believe he's calling us back to intimacy with him. I believe that he's calling us back to intimacy and relationship with him in such a way that it actually becomes the fuel for the fire that he wants to burn in us and through us. I actually believe that that the Spirit of God wants to to explode out of our lives like a tidal wave of God's goodness and grace, bringing salvation and healing and restoration and freedom. I believe that tidal wave is birthed in intimacy and actually comes out of a closeness that we have with the Father. I want you to turn with me to the Old Testament, book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3. Chapter 1 and 2 are really good, but we're going to start in chapter 3. Samuel has been dedicated to God. His mom, who had been praying for a child for years and years and years, God finally answered her prayer, blessed her with the child. And she decided that with that child that God blessed her, she wanted to actually give him back to God. And so her young son, Samuel, after she had weaned him, she presented him back to Eli the priest and said, he's God's. He came from God, he's not mine, he's God's. And so Samuel became an assistant to the high priest, Eli. And uh, chapter three, verse one, we pick it up in the story. It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel was serving the Lord by assisting Eli. The meanwhile in there is referencing the context that the writer is creating. And that context is one in which He actually says that revelations from God were rare in this day and age. 
that the movement and activity of God was lying dormant under the surface. And so the meanwhile is a meanwhile into the context that, that, that God moving on people and God speaking into and through people. This was a season in Israel's history for these years where it was actually rare to experience a powerful move of God or the activity of God manifested. Sounds a bit similar to our North American church, doesn't it? I think we're living in a season here in our geography where the activity of God, the manifest presence of God is rare. It's not the norm, it's the exception. And Samuel grew up in this environment. And so the meanwhile is that context. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel was serving the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night Eli, who was almost blind by now, had just gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Scholars believe that, that he was probably sometime in the middle of the night, 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He jumped up and he ran to Eli. Here I am, what do you need? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go on, back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And Samuel jumped up and ran to Eli. Here I am, he said. What do you need? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. I say that to my kids a lot. Anyway, Samuel, I digress. <laughs> Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. This just occurred to me not long ago as I was reflecting on this, that Samuel has been dedicated into God's service. He's literally spending his life in the epicenter of Jewish religion. He's spending his life in the temple of God under the service of the priest Eli 24-7, he's immersed, immersed in the activity of religious practice. And yet it says that when God called his name, he didn't know that it was God speaking. I really believe that God is calling us to an intimacy and an understanding and a knowledge of his voice. He wants to renew that relationship between his people and himself. 
And I really believe like Samuel, we've been living in a culture where we're really good and we're experts when it comes to going to church and practicing religious things. We're experts when it comes to engaging in church stuff and using church lingo. And all of that comes so natural and so easy to us. We're really good at stepping out into the mission field and doing different things like that. But what we've mistaken is we've replaced routine for relationship. We've replaced the Sunday morning on and on and on cycle of going to church. And somehow we think that that's actually replaced the active, intimate relationship that we have with God. And I believe that the Father is calling us back and saying, would you hear and understand and know my voice? Would you leave the things you've been practicing? Would you leave the things that you've been practicing and re-engage in me as a person? I've been thinking about that a lot. I've been thinking about how easy it is for us to get caught in these routines and in these cycles. And it's not that doing any of these things are inherently wrong in and of themselves. It's that the longer we are in church, just going through the motions, the more deaf our hearing becomes. The longer we're relying on routine, instead of relationship, the more difficult it becomes for us to hear the voice of God. And I don't believe the Father is calling us to intimacy just so that we can have this great vertical relationship with him. I actually believe that he's calling us to intimacy so that the vertical relationship and the vertical authority and the vertical power becomes a horizontal authority and power. There's a translation that happens as we regain intimacy, as we reconnect with the voice of God and commit to understanding and hearing it. This vertical thing becomes horizontal and the kingdom of God begins to be expressed, not because of routine or religious practice, but because of what we're hearing from the Father. So relationship drives the expression of the kingdom of God around us. Not religion or routine. I want you to turn with me to Exodus 33. It's one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible, but uh, I'm going to start in on verse 8. Exodus 33, 8. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in their tent entrances. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Then all the people would stand and bow low at their tent entrances. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. 
Afterward, Moses would return to the camp. I want you to underline this sentence. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, stayed behind in the tent of meeting. I was thinking about that little sentence. That little sentence is a ginormous window into the heart and character of Joshua and is a ginormous window into the reason that God raised Joshua up to lead the nation after Moses had led. Moses was a man who experienced the presence of God like no one else on earth ever had. He was a man who walked in intimate relationship with God. Joshua, his assistant, was just along for the ride. But Joshua's heart was so turned toward the presence of God, so turned toward intimacy, that he was willing to stay in this tent and receive whatever was left over from God's encounter with Moses. Joshua wasn't a part of these conversations. He wasn't weighing in with his perspective and his opinion, I believe. But Joshua was there watching and listening to the heart of God communicated to his mentor and his leader, Moses. And his heart was to know God and to know his voice so desperately and so deeply that when his commander-in-chief, Moses, would leave, he would stay just so he could stay in that very place a little bit longer so that the afterglow and the after effect of what God was speaking and doing, the, the holy presence of God, he just wanted to know what it was like. Moses goes on to say in his conversation with God, that he's not willing to even move unless God goes before him. That if the presence of God is not visible and manifest and active ahead of me, God, I'm not even moving from where I am. And yet we find ourselves in, in our culture, in our day and age, in this season where we're, we're all too ready to get out and do what we think we need to do, to get out and conquer these giants and get out and take the land and do all these things. But we're forgetting one thing, that God is calling us to intimacy with the Father to sit in his presence first and allow that presence to actually move ahead of us to bring the authority and power of the kingdom through us and ahead of us. But we're really good at playing church. We're really good at going through the motions. We're really good at all the little things we do. God said in another part of the Bible, it's not your sacrifice I'm interested in. It's your obedience. A humble and contrite heart I will not despise. I believe God is speaking to us today and he's asking us to lay down 
the things that we've been carrying, the things that have defined our religious experience, our church experience, the things that have defined our quote-unquote spiritual life for so long. He's inviting us to lay them down and re-pursue his voice and his presence, to reconnect with his heart for us, to re-engage with the identity that he's placed in us, his identity and our identity in him. I believe the invitation of the Holy Spirit for us as we land the plane here for revival nights is a commitment not to experience, not to amazing worship, which it is, but a commitment to pursuing the presence and heart of God, to understand again what his voice sounds like. Man, that brings fear to me. I've been on this journey for a little while now of trying, just desperately asking the Holy Spirit to lead me. I just, I want to be an expert follower. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of coming up with my own best practice and then trying to execute step one, step two, step three, and then going right back to the beginning, tweaking step one and slightly modifying step two. I'm so tired of trying to lead myself toward the presence of God. I'm so tired of trying to prove that I can be faithful. So tired of trying to perform for God. And over the last six, eight months, he's just been inviting me to let go of the stuff that I've been carrying that has actually been blocking my ability to hear and understand and know his voice. He's been saying things like, Andrew, do you trust me? Do you trust me even with that? Andrew, do you trust my voice? Do you know it? Do you hear me speaking to you, Andrew? Every day, I have this dialogue now with God where I'm just saying, I just wanna hear and know your voice because I wanna be led to the places you're calling me to go. I want to actually experience what it's like to walk in the fullness of your purposes and your plans for me. I'm tired of writing my own rule book, designing my own layout for my life, but I'm actually asking God to know and hear your voice. It's intimacy that God wants with you. He doesn't care about this. It's this that he's after. And it's this that he wants yielded to him. And it's these that he's looking to open. I believe that the Holy Spirit is inviting us tonight to lay down 
to lay down. the religious practices that we've been involved in and pick up a mantle and a passion for the presence and the voice and the the name of Jesus and the Father. I was also reading I, I don't know, for some reason, I was reading about the deaths of all of these people, these Old Testament people, and I was reading about the death of Moses and how he passed on to Joshua the leadership of the nation. And then I was reading about the death of Joshua in Judges chapter 2. And there's something in there that just grieved me so deeply. It says that after Joshua died, and after the leaders who led with him died, the next generation forgot what God had done before, and they decided to go their own way. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit in that moment was saying, Andrew, your your chief job is to know me, is to hear me, so that I can flow in you and through you so that your children will have firsthand experience of what it's like for their father to struggle through in being obedient to the voice of God, not to hear stories about what my Oma and Opa did as they migrated across Europe during the Second World War and went on to Paraguay, not to hear stories from three generations ago about what our forefathers did, the birth of movements, Azusa Street. I don't want to hear stories about that anymore, as good as it was. I want to live in the presence of God and see the active work of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. I owe it to my children and you owe it to your families and we owe it to this region to develop intimacy, to hear the voice of God, to let him lead us and to watch as God moves across our region and our families and our nation. I don't want it to be written of my children that when I died, they forgot about what God did in my life. I don't want it to be written when I die that they forgot about the stories I told them about what God used to do. I want it to be written of my life that when I die, they would have experienced the power and goodness and faithfulness and intimacy of the Father firsthand, and that they would carry what I have imparted in them as their Father to their children. Is it any wonder that Samuel needed to learn the voice of God? I believe that in his day and age, God was actually stirring a movement in that day and age back to intimacy with him. Because Samuel, the one who needed to understand and know the voice of God, needed to hear God when God said, it's David that you're going 
to pick as the next king after Saul. There were many capable brothers in line before David, but Samuel needed to hear and understand the voice of God to pick David. Why? Because David, like no other person, would bring the nation to a place of intimacy with the Father, a place of adoration and worship. God would use David to stir the heart of the nation back to faithfulness. And God wants to use you through the relationship that he has with you by hearing and responding to his voice. He wants to use you in the same way he would use a Samuel to actually change the course of a nation's history. Um, in this journey that I've been on, it's interesting, the, the thing that I keep coming back to, that when God is just deeply stirring something in me, I find myself crying out for a spirit of faithfulness to him. Like there's so many cooler things that I would wanna, you know, cry out for, but he's, he's, he's changing me, he's stirring me to have an affection and a heart to be faithful to him. And he's stirring me to say, Andrew, would you, would you have a heart to be faithful with the things that I've given you today? Not being distracted or enamored by what may happen tomorrow or what's over there or what's over there, but would you be faithful with what I'm placing in your hand today? We're actually not trying to build a church here. I have zero interest in doing that. I have no interest in that. All that I have an interest in it's learning how to hear the voice of my father, how to be faithful with what he's speaking to me, and how to activate myself in obedience to his purposes and his plans. This week earlier, I was in uh, uh, going for a massage treatment like we do, um, my wife and I occasionally, and um, I stepped into this place and I always book it last minute, like super last minute, so I basically get whoever's free. There's like nine massage therapists there, but I just get whoever happens to be open. And so I stepped into the room of this therapist. I'd never met her before. And the minute I stepped into that room, all of these alarm bells were going off like crazy in my mind. And I just started actually praying and rebuking and renouncing and covering and all of the language I know how to use. And I was praying and praying and praying. And, uh, and, and um, so I had gotten positioned myself on the bed and I'm waiting and she's taking forever to come back in and I'm praying and praying and praying. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit say, get up and go. And I'm, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, no, 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 no. I really need this massage. My neck is killing me, uh, you know. And, and I'm like, okay, Jesus, I actually, I'm just gonna pray you're covering over me. Uh, and so that's what I did. She came back in, 
And within three minutes, she'd asked me what I did, and I said, I'm a pastor, and she went, oh, that's amazing. I practice Reiki, and I do all of these things, and I was like, ah, okay. Alarm bells, understood. But now, I'm in the middle of this one hour long treatment. And so I'm praying and praying and praying and praying. And I walked out of that office. And I was grieved in my soul and in my heart to a level I have not been in a long time. Not because I believe that God was angry with me, I was grieved because I didn't respond out of relationship in obedience to what he was inviting me to do. I wept after that. I actually went home later and invited my wife to pray for me. I said, you, I need you to actually pray. We're gonna take authority over this stuff. And, and I made a mistake. I actually should never have stayed. And in my mind, I believe the Holy Spirit was speaking to me what he actually wanted to do in that moment through the conversation that we would have had as awkward as it would have been of me actually walking back out before I had started my treatment. And I was so grieved at what I potentially missed in not actually listening in obedience to the voice of my father. I've been grieved about that for a few days. So this morning, I'm driving like I do Sunday morning. I get my coffee first, venti dark roast with a bit of heavy cream. I'm off sugar. Um, and I pull up in the drive-thru. And the window opens. And the young guy, he's in his early 20s. He greets me, just super friendly. And I just feel the Holy Spirit go, I've got my hand on this one. And I just had a, like, kind of like a, just a startling moment. And I felt in that moment the Holy Spirit say, I want you to go in and encourage him because he was so kind and so, it was just so great. And encourage him and tell him that I've actually given him a gift to be a, a, an encourager to others. So I, I'm like 20 feet past the window, and I'm in the same conversation again with God. Like, you know what, this is way too awkward. I, you know, so I, I circle the Lowe's parking lot because I'm just fighting and wrestling with this. This is, this is like, this is how much I'm in the middle of this, you guys. There's other people like Randy and others who are like, yep, I'm doing it right away. No, not me. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's 29 degrees out right now. The weather, the barometric pressure, God, I don't know. It might affect some of, I don't know. So I'm driving around making excuses. Finally, I just park in the parking lot and I say, okay, Holy Spirit, if you're still convicting me after I do my devotions, then I'll go in. So, so I, I open my Bible and I'm prepping uh, for the morning service and for tonight and I'm doing my devotions. 45 minutes later, an hour later, I, I go to turn the key and he goes, ah, no, 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 like you're staying here. And so right at that moment, I'm not kidding you, uh, this actually happened. Right at that moment, this big biker looking guy walks into the Starbucks and I'm like, oh, I, 
I don't want to make a scene. I, you know, like, this is, God, look, like, I, I don't want confrontation today. Like, I, so all of this is going through my mind. And he just says, no, go in the store. So I guzzle my coffee so I have an excuse to go back in the store. I go back in, and I saw his name tag before, said Caleb. And he just happened to be at the end, you know, where they, like, heat the pastries and stuff like that. So he was by himself. And I said, Caleb, you served me a, f- a little while ago, and I just, I want you to know that your interaction with me was amazing. And the customer service you gave me was amazing. And, and I said, and I just believe, God asked me to come back in here and just speak encouragement over you today. I, so if you know me, I am not outgoing. Like this is like worst case scenario level stuff for me. So my knees are shaking. I'm just, um, yeah, it's so simple, this, con- anyway. Um, and he goes, are you going to church right now? And I said, yeah, yeah, I am. He goes, huh, is it in town? And I said, yeah, and he goes, yeah. My wife and I, we just moved from London and we're actually looking for a church to go to. And more than that, our life group sent us prophetically to come here to see what God would do in our lives, but we haven't been able to connect with anybody yet. And I'm going, uh, you know, like, my mind is trying to catch up with what God is doing. (laughs) And so we have this great conversation. I totally forgot to invite him tonight. I don't even know. Like, that's how, that's how dense I am sometimes. I just completely, I walked out and I'm like, you idiot. I'm not going back in there another time. So, so I walked out, but literally I'm two steps out of the door and I just start weeping. Because of what Brenda talked about last night and because of what Randy has been talking about. I just started weeping going, God, I want to hear your voice and I long to be obedient so that I can be a part of what you're stirring and what you're building. Even though I have no idea what's going under the surface, God, I want to play my part so that your kingdom can come. And I was just beside myself. I was driving out of the parking lot. My eyes were a total mess. I almost hit a runner as he was going across. He came across and he looked at me and I looked down like, don't look at me. You know, I'm just bawling and I'm saying, Jesus, I just want to be faithful to hear your voice. I just want intimacy with you. I just want to respond in obedience so that you can do the things on this earth that you long to do. Jesus, I don't want to play church anymore. I want to be the church. I want to be the expression of your kingdom. And so I believe he's inviting us today to reorient ourselves as we leave these revival nights. God is actually asking us Are you going to be faithful with what I've done in you? 
is your heart to pursue my presence, to know and hear my voice. And would you be willing to be obedient to the call and assignment that I have for you, like on a daily basis? Sometimes we get so tripped up because we just want the big stuff. We just want to know the big stuff. I want to leave you with this. The worship team can come back. This is what God has just been wrecking my heart with. Jesus in Matthew chapter 25. I'm just going to read this whole thing. I can't say it better than he did anyway, so... Matthew 25, 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a trip. He called together his servants and gave them money to invest for him while he was gone. He gave five bags of gold to one, two bags of gold to another, and one bag of gold to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. That actually, that word abilities in the original language actually means power or strength. And then left on his trip, The servant who received the five bags of gold began immediately to invest. That actually means to actively work for. Invest the money and soon doubled it. The servant with two bags of gold also went right to work and doubled the money. But the servant who received the one bag of gold dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money for safekeeping. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of gold said, sir, you gave me five bags of gold to invest and I've doubled the amount. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Next came the servant who had received two bags of gold with the report, sir, you gave me two bags of gold to invest and I've doubled the amount. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate. Then the servant with the one bag of gold came and said, Sir, I know you're a hard man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth, and here it is. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. You think I'm a hard man, do you? Harvesting crops I didn't plant and gathering crops I didn't cultivate? Well, you should at least have put my money into the bank so I could have some interest. Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of gold. This is what's been wrecking me. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who are unfaithful, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Just wait for him to tune here. (laughs)
I'm just kidding, Andrew. It's a very loud guitar, though. Here's what I believe. That the Holy Spirit is stirring his church again to walk in intimacy with the Father and to regain the ability to hear the voice of the Father. But not just so that we can have a selfish relationship with him, but so that actually we can be the expression of his kingdom coming on earth, salvation coming on this earth, freedom coming on this earth, miracles on this earth. I believe that he's asking, would you be willing not to try and hold out for the big stuff, for the flashy stuff, for the fancy stuff, but would you be willing to just be faithful, to be obedient to me in the little things? Would you commit your heart and your life, would you orient yourself to say, Father, I wanna be faithful with even the smallest assignment you have for me. I wanna be found faithful with the voice that you are speaking to me. I wanna be found faithful with the decisions that I make, with the marriage that I'm in, with the children that I'm raising, with the workplace that I'm in. I wanna be faithful in the community that you've placed me in. God, I'm not looking for the big stuff. I'm not looking for the flashy stuff. I'm not looking to build a platform for myself or a name for myself. Father, I want to be faithful to hear your voice and respond in obedience, to know out of intimacy your heart for me and your call on my life and your anointing in my life. I want to see your kingdom come. Jesus, would we be faithful with the little Our consumeristic Christian culture grieves the heart of God. The value we place in building big churches with lots of people and lots of stuff and beautiful this and beautiful that. There's nothing inherently wrong with those. But the value we place, the identity that we place in those grieves the heart of God. And he's inviting you to respond to him today. To be faithful with the little things. Why? Because he wants to put you in charge of much. He wants this world and your world and our region set on fire by his presence stoked and ignited by people who are willing to lay down their life for the little things that he's asking them to do, for the small things that are, that are obedience out of submission and relationship, not out of routine and religion. So as we leave these revival nights, the question is, are you willing to be faithful with the small things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? Are you willing to have courage to engage in life-giving conversation? Are you willing to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the little ways? To serve first, 
like Jesus modeled. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.